shalt thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Shouts of Grace Fenton brings you pure and undiluted word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. She needs your attention. And she wants to talk about something important. And the attention requires you to stop what you are doing. When you don't want to, what do you do? When I don't want to stop? Yes, when you don't feel like stopping. And it requires me to stop? Yes, sir. I got to stop. Because if Sylvia needs that, yeah, she's not the type that we say, uh, I want to see you. We have to talk. Come now. She doesn't do that. We just talk generally. So if she needed my attention, then I know it has to be something extremely serious. So I have no choice. But there are sometimes she's just playing, you know, just teasing. So I, do, I will continue my work while she's doing her thing. But of course, if she needed my attention... I have no choice. She's not the type you can refuse. She looks soft and gentle, but uh, she's not the type you can, you can say, no, 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 nah, no. Nah. So I will, I will have to respond. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's no question yet. So I think um, mommy and daddy should Okay, continue. we should go into our we'll stuff. All right. Thank you. Praise the Lord. All right, so very quickly, uh, the drama people have taken a lot of our time. So we are going to be moving into a session of on 22 things we have learned in the last 22 years. And particularly, we are talking about relationship and marriage, right? Please, somebody should help me with my phone. I left my Wi-Fi on. I don't know what happened. Maybe somebody connected to it. All right. So we're looking at 22 things we have learned over the 22 years of marriage. So we're going to talk interchangeably. I will say one thing, then she will talk, and then she will get to 22. Hopefully, we'll be able to complete you know, what we are saying. And then we are going to try to make this relevant to both singles and married because we know we have singles in the house. We also have couples in the house. So we'll try and see how we can make sure that we reach out to everybody across board. Praise the Lord. All right, um, let me start this way. Those things we have learned. Number one, I will say, when it comes to sustenance of relationship and marriage, prayer is a major key. Incidentally, in this generation, a lot of people don't say it like that. They just think, oh, once I meet him or I meet her and we are good to go and he loves me and she loves me, that's all we need and all of that. But it's not always like that. I have discovered, all right, that... When it comes to courtship, leading into marriage, there has to be a strong spiritual base that is covered with prayer. The reason we have a lot of relationships break up, a lot of marriages break up, is not that the people are not good in themselves. It's because marriage itself is spiritual. Uh, when the Bible was talking about marriage in the book of Ephesians, it calls it a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mysterious thing. And when something is mysterious, you need a spiritual backup for the reality of that thing. So you get into a relationship. You don't pray with your fiancé. Whether you're in the same location or not doesn't really matter. But you don't have time. You pray. There's no prayer base. There are no spiritual exercises. I mean, it it just becomes a mincemeat for the devil so easily. I remember when we got into, uh, when we started courtship while we were in school, uh, basically, we're just campus sweethearts because we're both on campus, same campus, when we got engaged, 1996. And um, courtesy of our pastor in our fellowship then, we did a lot of prayers. A lot of it, a lot of it. 
go to the school field, we just pray for hours. Sometimes uh, the six of us, around four, four of us, or this six of us, four of us, we come together and do vigil together. Like you are studying for exam, we study the Bible and then we pray. So that's the kind of foundation we had. And, I, I'm, and I'm not saying that, oh, once you pray, everything goes all right. There's this the other part of you as a person in working at the relationship, exercising patience, learning to forgive, uh, being accommodating, and all of that is all part of the process. But basically, prayer is a major factor. To all those of us that are married, keep on praying. Never stop praying. The devil hates your marriage. The devil doesn't like families because a family unit reminds him of God. So he doesn't love families. He doesn't like it at all. All kind of unnecessary uh, quarrels will come up, unnecessary issues. Uh, little things will aggravate you easily. Uh, most, most, most couples are continually living in strife. Just move from strife to strife to quarrel to strife. I mean, that's not the plan of God for your life. And most of these things are conquered in the place of prayer. Whether you are single, no husband yet, or you're in a relationship looking forward to marriage, or you're already married, you have to pray. My wife does a lot of pray. I do a lot of pray. We just pray a lot. And it's important we have that kind of lifestyle in order to undergird and to sustain that which God has instituted. Even Jesus Christ, that was God himself that sent him. And we all know that Jesus Christ is the son of God. The Bible says at many times he will withdraw to the mountains to go and pray. He needed to pray. If Jesus needed to pray, what do you think? Do you think it's only ice cream and meat pie that will sustain it? No. You have to pray. And I pray that God will give us wisdom in Jesus' name. So that's the first thing. Amen. Amen. Um, That's a very good one and a very important point. The one I have here is that it's similar to what he has said, is that you let God be your foundation. It's very important. Let God be your foundation. You know, um, your marriage, your relationship is like a building. Mm. It's like a building and what you put at the foundation is important, you know, because the Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So your foundation, you have to put in a lot of energy, a lot of strength, a lot of time. And that talks about basically spiritual base, you know. And that is what he was talking about, about being prayerful. What foundation are you laying for your courtship? And then it doesn't end when you are in courtship because we prayed a lot when we were in courtship. It also has to do with the things you, you do. You know, some people sow bad seeds in their courtship. They feel their courtship is just a time to eat. You know, Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. How much righteousness are you practicing as a person? How much of God's nature are you embracing? How much of God things do you do? In our own courtship time, in fact, I, I, it was later, you know, I didn't, we, we, we didn't do so much of the um, romantic things, going out and all that. We did more of sharing. He would read a book. He would tell me about the book. He read, you know, spiritual things talking to me about vision, about what he wants to achieve. You know, that was, it was more of a serious business. And of course, you know, in during our courtship time too, it wasn't as if we didn't enjoy ourselves, you know. He will always talk to me. He will always, you know, he has always been a very funny person. So I will always laugh and all that. But basically, the, the main thing we did was we're spiritual. And that formed the basis for our marriage. You know, like the scripture I have here, it talks about when uh, the rain beats, when the rain beats a house, like somebody building a house, like when the rain, uh, when the rain comes, the storm comes upon the house, I think it's in Luke, um, 
my iPad is not open in Luke that it talks about when you want to build a house, somebody builds his house upon the rock and another builds the house on the, on the, uh, on the sand. When that scripture says, when the rain comes, when the storm comes. So the, the issue is not whether you will face storms in your marriage. It's not whether you will face it or not. Is that it is it must. Hallelujah. We are 22 years, and of course, I had it all good until, you know, some recently I began to saw real warfare. I never imagined it. But thank God for the, for the foundation we had. Even, you know, now, in, uh, now that we're married, at times, you know, life happens and, you know, he's busy. And we might not have enough time to, to do prayers like we should. But we just rest on the fact that when we were in courtship, we have done a lot of prayer. We did a whole lot of praying. And that has helped us. You know, so the foundation is very important. You need to ask yourself, what am I putting into my foundation? If your foundation is just, you know, you are just using a bucket or something, you know, you are not serious about it. Foundation doesn't talk. Amen. Have you seen a foundation that talks? No. The foundation will be looking. Whatever you put on the foundation, that is what you will see later on. If you want to build a five building what have you put in the foundation can your foundation carry five story so the foundation is very important you know for me uh in this 22 years i have learned you know and the foundation you know when you are giving birth to what is the foundation what quality what are the ingredients you are putting in your foundation you know it's so 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 important Praise the Lord. All right. Um, thank you for that, Pastor Sophia. Um, now, talking about foundations, um, you get into a relationship or courtship, and all you do is um, go to the movies, uh, eat out, uh, go and see that, all the fun parts. That's not what you should do alone. That's part of it, but that's not what you, that's not what you put in the foundation. It's like somebody who wants to build a house and then you put some blocks in the foundation and say you want to paint it, want to put some flower there. Who cares? It's not about aesthetics. It's about being strong. It's about, in fact, you can say, ah, these stones, we have to wash them before you put them in the foundation. Ah, no, there's no need to put them like that because at the end of the day, the, the beautiful house, the aesthetics and all of that is what we now see. But what is down has to be really, really strong to hold what is coming at the top. So if all in your foundation is ice cream, movies, squid game, uh, all of those things, then guess the kind of house you are trying to build. So it's important. The foundation is important. The third thing I want to talk about very quickly has to do with communication. Communication is key. Communication is powerful. That is why I say, don't marry somebody who is not a friend. Marry somebody that is a friend, somebody you can gist with, somebody that's a gist partner. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody you can relate with, laugh with, talk with, somebody you can open up with to any extent. I mean, why marry somebody you have to report to as a principal or lecturer or pastor or somebody up there in a boss? servant relationship no that's not what it is you need to ha to have a friend and you need to operate like a friend so you're in a relationship or you're in a courtship and it doesn't call you often or she doesn't pick your phones often there is a problem already she's saying i'm busy that's why i've not called in the last one month no something is already wrong somewhere and god is giving you opportunities to see what is defective and for you to make up your mind not to go ahead with it but sometimes we just get blind about it because of what uh, what is the intent of our hearts you see 
most of the time, the problem we see in marriage, all the telltale signs are always there during friendship or courtship. We see all of them, but sometimes we, we, get, we, just, we just, you know, ignore. You see, you, you don't ignore such things. You confront them, you sit down, you talk about them, and if there's not going to be any hope for a change, then you ask yourself the question, am I willing to live with this all my life? If it's not something you're willing to live with, then it's important and it's better you quit that relationship. Relationship is never by force, it's by choice. You want to make sure that it is suitable for you. It's a mutual love that has been exchanged there. It's not a one-way thing. I mean, one of the most difficult things to do in life is to love somebody who doesn't love you. It's to keep on pursuing somebody who is not interested in you. It's to keep on expressing love to somebody who doesn't appreciate it and doesn't want it. You want somebody that you'll be on the same page. The disciples, the Bible says they were in one accord. And by reason of that, the Holy Ghost came. And Ananas and Sapphira were trying to break that oneness. They died for it. That means the, 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 the being in one accord is so important to the move of the Spirit at the time. So you and your fiancé or your husband or your wife, you have to be on the same page. It's very important. If there's anything you are doing with your wife, with your husband, with your fiancé, ensure that you're on the same page. Settle all issues amicably. Talk about them. Don't go to bed with grudges, with strife. Don't do it. Talk about it and give your spouse the freedom to talk. Are you here with me? Express yourself, talk about it, and I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I can see we need to move faster. Amen. All right. All right. Thank you for that point. It's very important. Please, let's take note of, you know, all he has said. The number two point that I have That will be number here, four. Okay. Number four is um, choose with God. It's so important. He's still talking about foundation because the foundation is so important. Um, you want to marry somebody and... You just decided to follow the tips, the lips, and the hips. You know, you are moved with, um, by physical appearance, or maybe uh, she's from a wealthy home, maybe he's handsome or something like that. No, you have to choose with God. Yeah. When God becomes a partner in your marriage, you know, marriage is a lifelong journey. We need to understand that. Marriage is lifelong. We are talking about 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and even more. So you don't want to handle that. You don't want to go into marriage uh, just choosing what you feel like. I remember when I wanted to, you know, get into courtship and all that, I prayed a prayer to God. And that prayer was that God out of all the millions of people on earth, how do I know which one is mine? I need just one person that is mine. And I figured out that is a job that is greater than me. That is a job that my five senses cannot carry. I cannot afford to trust my five senses to make the right judgments. I just humbled myself before God and I said, God, you see this small girl? I don't know how to choose. Just choose for me. And that, you know, was the basis of the, the relationship and eventually the marriage. So you must learn to choose with God. For those of you that are still in courtship, that's, you are in the best uh, season of your life where you still have the time to choose rightly. You know, when we talk about choosing rightly, some people think eh, ah, they don't want you to enjoy, they don't want you to get married to somebody that is rich, they don't want you to get somebody married to somebody that is handsome. See, your choice, you will live by your choice. You will live yeah. with your choice. Yeah. This is my own choice. How many people will come into my house and, no, it is my choice. I am mm. living with my choice. And it's and a good choice, choice, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's the best choice, yes. Yeah. And you will marry your own. Nobody will come to your house and, no, it is your own. Baba, 
That's how you will leave it. Whether it's good, bad, ugly. And that is why now that you are in courtship, you have all the power in your hand to know what you are choosing. Amen. And that is why you have to choose with God. And also, you know, the, the choice doesn't end uh, in courtship. Fine, you have chosen the person. You still have to keep on choosing with God. Because marriage, marriage is, is a lifelong long journey, like I said. Marriage is a journey that you don't know um, the steps, so to say. It's one step after the other, after the other. And for each step, you need God. For each step, you will need God all the way. From the first year you got married, the second year, the third year, you need God. You need God every step of the way. So you have chosen with God. You still have to keep on choosing with God. And you have to do marriage with God by your side. Amen. Marriage is not done by yourself. You don't say you are a macho man, so you know how to handle marriage. No. I want to marriage It will humble the best of, of human beings. Yeah. That is how it is. Because marriage is first of all spiritual. Marriage is first of all spiritual. And they cannot handle a spiritual thing. He said marriage is first of all a mystery. The Bible calls marriage a mystery. And it takes another mystery to unravel the, the, the mystery of marriage. So you need God all the way. You have to keep on choosing God. You have to uh, keep on living your married life by and with the principles of God in the Bible. You know, you just have to keep on, you know, going all the way with God. Amen. Praise God. All right. Um... Sophia, let me ask you a question. Uh, this is not supposed to be too much of a serious thing. All of you are looking too serious. So, Pastor Sophia, um, why did you marry this guy? As in, what did you see? Yeah, I know I was school then. Well, a lot of people say, when they see my wedding picture, that, ah, wow, wow, wow. I don't know what that wow means. Why knew I was school then? Praise God. But, why what 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 was it for you what what's um you understand my question all right okay um, no packaging a, say it as it is it's a question to you know make the atmosphere a little relaxed amen amen we talked about joy let's smile all right so um for me um Number one, then he was very cool. Then? Yes. Now, God. Now. Ah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. Are, are you not supposed to be getting cooler as you go? No. For you, no. <laughs> it was, it was cool and calm to a fault. Uh-oh. You know, I, in my mind, it was like a gentle giant. Wow. You know, and he would come, he would just step like that. Wow. He, he was a man of few words. You know, yeah. so I, I loved that about him. Uh, number two, he was somebody that loved God so much. Mm. And that for me was it. You know, and I figured out that if I get married to somebody that loved God, then half of the issues in marriage itself, because... He will hear from God. God will tell him, ah, no, no, no. What you are doing is not good. You know, how you are treating her is not good. So I just figured out it's a, it's a shortcut to having all the package in one. Okay. Praise God. Eh? Who are these, who are these people? Um, he was also he was also very talented. He said of it to show the picture we took yesterday. What also this one you are showing? Yeah, so show the pictures we took yesterday. I'm going to sack everybody in the media. Oh yeah, go on. Yes, um, he was also very talented. He yeah. is. He is. He's still. Yeah. And you know, 
for me. God told I used to me, write poem for you. Yes, God told me then that he is a well of treasure. Yeah. You know, and, and so... <laughs> wow. Wow. And so I knew, wow. I knew there were a lot of Bimbola, gifts. marry a well of treasure. <laughs> I knew there were a lot of gifts on his inside that yeah. I had to... Over the years, we begin to unravel, wow. we begin to, you know, wow. and, you know, Bible says with joy, you draw from the well of salvation. Mm. So, you know, and over the years, I have seen him unravel the many treasures, you know. Mm. Then he's also a man of the spirit. Mm. You know, he's very romantic. Wow. Um, wow. He's sincere to a fault. You know, that, that is an attractive point, too. He was very sincere. He can talk about anything, everything. You know, he would just talk, talk, talk. As you can see, I'm, I'm, I'm the quiet one. You know, so I, I always allow him to do the talking. Like the talk, radio. <laughs> and all that. It's radio that is called that sort of amazing. You know, um, you know, when you get married, one person will talk more than the other. And I had to help my wife. She just enjoyed listening. She would say a word. So I told her one day, I said, look at it this way. Most of the time you are quiet. It's not that you are not talking really. You are actually talking inside. You are not just saying it out. I said, so try and be loud a little bit with your thoughts. You understand that? I mean, try and just talk. Because sometimes, it's, it's, it, you find if you're married, you discover that it's not that you don't want to talk. It's not, it's not that you're punishing your spouse. That's just you. Or probably, that's just how you grew up. And you're kind of used to it. Especially if you're the, maybe, the, I don't know, last-born talk. Maybe you're the first-born sometimes. You know, the first-born is always punished for the younger ones. Don't you know he's a small boy? Why would he do that? You are his brother. Give him the toy. The firstborn is always punished most of the time. And that can make the firstborn to withdraw. You can just withdraw into your shell over time. Over time. And then, as we all know, we bring our baggages into marriage. And then we unleash the contents of our bag upon our spouse. And that's not too cool. So, one of the things is, which is why, you know, I... I, I I explained to her, I said, look, what do friends do? Friends do what? They just talk. So, don't see your wife as my wife or my husband. Just see him or as a friend. It will help a lot. You'll be able to talk more. So, we, over the years, we've improved on talking. And sometimes, I train my wife by keeping quiet. Even though I'm the talker, I just keep quiet. He said, well, what's going on? You're not talking. I said, no, I want you to talk. Well, say, no, you talk. <laughs> so sometimes she has to do the talking. Yeah. And I will be giving a monosyllable answer. Yes. Okay. No. Yeah. He said, ah, but is that what you will say? Mm. Eh. It's, it's, it's um, a training to help her open up more and talk more. Communication, let me tell you something. It's so important. Older people here will tell you, if, if grandma will tell us, that there will come a time in your life, all the children are gone. It's called the empty nest season. And we are almost getting there. I'm going to be 50 next year. Our last born is in SS2. So in another one year, it's in the university. So by next year, upper year, it's just me and my wife in the house and the dogs. And we're not going to go and gist with the dog. So it's us. So when, you, when it gets to empty nest season, and all your years that you were not close with your spouse, and all you are doing is using your, your children to shock it. You know, that's, that's what some couples do. But the husband and wife are not really talking. So by the time the children leave house, two strangers will emerge. Two strangers. And then another set of issues will begin arising because they are not talking. And you can say, ah, is he not talking? If I'm not talking before, I will not talk. No. At that point, you are now used to not talking. You are used to staying by yourself. 
which is why one of the things you should do as a couple is think aloud. If you are the quiet one, think aloud most of the time. Think aloud. Say everything. Check everything. You say, hey, but there's nothing to talk about. No, there's something to talk about every time. Talk about everything and anything. Even if there's something, start talking about, who put this plate here? That, just talk. And then one rule of communication in courtship and marriage is never approach your spouse or your fiancé with, we need to talk. When you do that, you've killed the vibe in the communication. In fact, if you tell a man we need to talk, that man is scared. Really, really scared. And he gets defensive and tensed. So that as you start talking, some little talk, it leads to some arguments or some quarrel. Because the communication is not natural. So let communication be natural. So you say, since I, what if I have something serious to talk about? Make it very unserious. Then talk about the seriousness within the unseriousness. I think that's how to do it. Yeah. Not that, come, 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 sit down. We have to talk. The moment you do that, the person who says we have to talk is cool, but the other person, the countenance will change instantly. Instantly. So, so let it be natural. And that's what we do in our, in our home. Yeah. Let it be natural. And because we have most people talk, we, uh, living with us at one point or another, when we are together in the system, we don't really talk. In fact, if you live in a house, you might think we are just not friendly. We don't talk. No, we talk when we get back into our bedroom. Because when, you are, when people are around or living with you, you can hardly say some of those things you really want to talk about or play. So it's just a general thing we do when we have people around us. How are you? Fine. What are you eating? And that's all. So observing from a distance, I feel like these people don't talk. These people are not friendly. You know what we do? Inside the bedroom where you can successfully change your voice into bedroom voice. You understand? And then you can whisper at each other. If you look at the book of, the book of Songs of Solomon, all those things are there. Whispers. Whispers of love and all of that. You've got to understand all of that. The nighttime moment is good for prayers, is good for sleeping, but it's also good for talking. Yeah. Especially during the day when you are busy or you have a lot of people living with you. Then talk in the night moment. So when you retire to your bedroom, Praise God. Now, I know yeah, we are let, not going to let, finish let this. Uh, yeah, I, I, you are going to talk. I know we are not going to finish this 22 stuff, all right? But let's just take it as it flows. All right. Okay. Um, thank you for what he said. It's very important. But I, I like to just um, to help those of us that are of the maybe melancholy temperament or so. Now that you are in courtship or even marriage, if you are not the talking type, you have to train yourself to talk and when i mean train yourself uh you have a roommate you have friends purposely talk you know like you said most of us are talking inside we have not just been able to express it now i have a son dunamis dunamis is also tending towards he he talks on, on he's a natural male yes so, he's so. a natural male and then when you ask him, it's like he finds it difficult to, to talk. He would rather say, don't worry, or something. You know, practice it. You know, when you should say, no worry, don't worry, nothing. You know, those are syllables that you should consciously guard against. You know, some people, they, they talk naturally, they flow naturally. Mrs. Siyoa is one person that anytime tea, any, she's always... You know, and it's a good um, attribute. You know, where you should always learn to find something to talk about. That doesn't mean you should now become a chatterbox. There is a difference. But I'm talking about training yourself to talk. Since you know that in marriage, communication will be lifelong um, virtue. Communication is the bedrock of marriage. And then if another danger of not communicating is that you don't communicate. If you are used to no, yes, monosyllable answer, you are brooding trouble for yourself eventually. Because over the years, your husband or your wife might be coping, he might be attending to other things, but when the chips are down, he will begin to have ideas that this person is doing something. That probably this person has some other places he's getting attention or getting, it, it will, 
you know, the devil is always looking for any avenue to strike. So in order to help yourself, in order to help your marriage, you must always be expressive, always talk, always say your mind, always, you know, say what it is because you are already one. Amen. Bible says that the husband and the wife, the, the two shall become one. So you are a one. So express yourself, talk, you know. All right. Praise God. Um, talking about dunamis, sorry we're using him as an example, but I wanted to learn something from him. One day we're discussing. Okay, well, what happened first was uh, he, he had a group, group of his friends. Even though he appears like quiet and reserved at home, but when he's with his friends, he's the opposite. You understand? I mean, he's like a sanguine with his friends. The way they talk and play, also, some of his friends come to our house. I'm like, what? This guy isn't really cool like I like I think he is. So, do you get my point? Because he's with friends. Okay. So I asked him one day, I said, this way you are playing with your friend, talk, talk, talk. How come you don't talk like that to me? He said, I'm not in this clique. Yeah, that I'm not in the vibe, you know, that we, uh, because this is what he used, my guys. I'm not part of the guys. I said, so, he said it in his graduation, on his graduation, my guys. My guys, my guys. So, now, I wanted to learn from that. It flows more because they are friends. Now, those friends, one female version of those friends is a person you should marry. It's going to be a beautiful marriage. Somebody you see as a friend, there's nothing I can tell my friend. Even if my friend makes a mistake, have you, have, you, have you noticed that when your friend makes a terrible mistake, yeah. you cover yeah, him? Easy to it's obvious that He's the one. Why are they my defender? We come on now. But Jimmy now. See, because that person is a friend. Marry a friend. 75% of your marital issues are solved. Marry a stranger. 75% problems are added to the existing one. This is why you shouldn't marry for money alone. Ah, that guy's boxed up. Ah, that guy's boxed up. That guy's boxed up. He's going to buy me a house. Even though he's married, he'll buy me a house. I'll be staying there. Really? Really? And then become baby mama. How come we, go, we don't have baby daddies? You understand that? So understand the part of communication is very important. When you see, the Yoruba will say, Oju to bama ba nikale kuni mataro Initial stage, he has not called you. Two months has passed. And you say you are in love. No, you are in love with yourself. Because when somebody is in love with you, that person can't stay still. If there's no network, he's going to pick his phone like this. He'll be searching for network around. He will climb the trees. He'll say, no, I didn't, I didn't have network. That's, not, that's why I've not called you in the last three weeks. No, no, no. Something is wrong somewhere. Something is wrong somewhere. When you are in love with somebody, you want to talk with that person. I mean, when I fell in love, it, was, it wasn't a good time because it was examination time. I couldn't read. I will open my GRP 404 and I will see her face inside my book. How did this happen? No, be you do be that. So I went to meet her. I said, I have a problem. I can't read. And then she opened up. You know, she, she won't talk. But when I opened up, she opened up and said, me too. I said, guess what? Let's go and read together. So we went to a place where we were reading together. So she sat somewhere and I sat. And then we were reading. Even in the midst of the reading, I would just scribble something, pass it to her. And she would scribble back, pass it to me. And say, you know, those things are say things like, I love you forever. You are my dear. Ah, God. I was so much in love, I, cannot, I couldn't think again. How many people have been there at all? I wasn't focused. I had to pray for extra grace for God to make me pass the exam at that time. So I'm warning you ahead of time, don't fall in love during examination time. It's not a good idea. It's not always a good idea. Praise God. You have something to say? Okay, do we have some more questions? Because our time is almost up. 
Okay, let's quickly take a few questions. I never knew we wouldn't be able to finish this thing. We're not, we are number four out of 22. <laughs> it's not something you can rush. Otherwise, we'll just be reading number one, number two, and I don't think that is good. Let's make it fast. All right. Okay, so um, I think we have about nine questions. Nine. Okay, let's make it fast. Oh, yeah. Go on, go on, go on, because of time. Okay. Um, I, have, I have two questions here. Okay. Number one. How do you deal with an attitude of indiscipline in marriage? From your spouse? Yes, sir. Or from the children? Uh, I think generally. Because the person is specific. Attitude of indiscipline. It's the same way, it's the general way you deal with it. Number one is confrontation. If it's your spouse or your children, there has to be confrontation. But what you don't confront, you can't correct. So there has to be sitting down at the table and look, this kind of... Because in discipline, uh, in discipline uh, character flaws and all those things, they come from habits. Yeah. Habits we have developed over the years. And then we take that into marriage and become offensive to your spouse. Because your spouse is coming from another background entirely. So I believe there should be loving confrontation. And then there shouldn't be confrontation until there's a solution. But when you go and confront without offering a solution, you have only weakened the person. You have identified the problem. And you have said you are, you are doing this, you are doing that. But what is the way out? So before you confront, make sure you know the way out. Okay, I think we can do it like this. We can go this way. We can go this route. And I, was, I would say when you are being confronted, be open and be truthful. Don't try to move into denial because each denial will be found out eventually and that will kill trust. So learn to be truthful with each other. All right. All right. Thank you, Daddy. So number two, is there any time you ever felt like leaving the marriage? Like? Leaving the marriage. Severally. It happens. Unless I want to lie to you. It happens let me tell you something there is something we call the male female differences whether you are a bishop apostle whatever you are those things are going to come and those periods are going to come but do we leave no because there's commitment it's just like asking where there sometimes we didn't have feelings for each other many times because feelings are fickle feelings are not permanent that's why we cannot live by our feelings so there are sometimes you wake up and you wake up, you want to be single all over again. Like, seriously, I, I just want my own time, my own life. I just want to escape into singlehood again. But unfortunately, you can't because the children are there. Your spouse is staring you in the face. <laughs> so there, there are times like that. But you don't do it. That's where the maturity is. Oh, yeah, you don't do it. You don't yield to that negative feeling or that uh, negative energy or wherever it's coming from. You know that's the devil. The devil will come, even for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the devil went to him, can you bow? So it's like, asking Jesus, is there any time you felt like giving up? Garden of Gethsemane. He said, let this call pass over me. I will be a lying pastor to tell you, never, never. No, there have been times. There have been times because, I mean, we're just basically different. But it's something that will never happen. Amen. Number one, by the mercies of God. Yeah. Number two, by personal decision. This woman, I'm committed to her for life. Amen. That is it. It's a commitment. It's not whether what she does or what she didn't do. It's a lifetime commitment. There's nothing she's ever going to do that will make me say this marriage is over. Nothing. I've not found that thing. So when you have decided from the beginning, it becomes easy. Otherwise, any little thing, this marriage is over. This marriage is, any little thing, because there's too much salt, this marriage is over. Because um, she took your car out and banged it, scratched it, he said, this marriage, every time this marriage is over, this marriage is over. It's like saying your life is over, because you are one. So, 
that this is why you marry a friend somebody you love and that commitment has to be there all the time praise god you know somebody you said, want to add something somebody said marriage is like you you take a step and then you burn the bridge behind you. Yeah, you burn it. Don't you burn about. the bridge behind you. No reverse then, care. You know, it's all the way. I am in 100%. You know, the commitment is 100%. You know, come rain, come sunshine, come whatever you are in. And whatever troubles, challenges, you are facing it. And then victory is sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we have a question from the media. Um, can you share any of those things you both wish you knew before you got married? We both wish we knew about ourselves or about... That question is not clear. Some of the things... Okay, let me, ask, let me answer the question in a general way. One of the things I wish I knew before we got married is um, I wish I was more financially intelligent. I wish I knew I should have bought my, my land very quickly and start building by around the second, third, fourth, fifth year of our marriage. I wish I knew. I just didn't know. There's nobody to tell me. So I didn't for a long time. I wish I knew that um, um, everything that I would ever need has been provided for. I would have had more rest. Now I know, okay, because there's nothing I wanted from God that God would not give me. It may take a little time, but once I pray about it, that thing is going to happen. I have never been denied by God. Faithful is it that as God wants to do it. Everything I ask him, he does it. So, but in the early stage, I didn't know that. So I wish I knew. I, I would have rested more, relaxed more. There is a way you are up and down, moving around to make things happen. And God is just smiling. The things have already made happen. You think you are the one making it happen and jumping all over the place. I wish I knew that you can just rest in God and allow things to happen. All right. I wish I, wish I knew um, the power of a wife. I wish I knew it early. Yeah. That a wife is so powerful, you know. And then to, to rest in that um, power that is embedded in a wife. I wish I knew um, that being married to a choleric is, it requires a lot of wisdom. Who is that choleric? A lot of wisdom. You know, I wish I knew that, that, you know, his temperament requires an understanding. If I just understand his person and all that, but I never knew. So, you know, it would be like um, whenever he's teasing and all that, I would take it personal. I used, I used to take it very personal. It, it gets at me, you know, and all You know, that. I love fun a lot. A lot. And, and it will make fun <laughs> at your expense. You know, he usually makes fun. Ah, uh, no, no, at your expense. No, yes. no, no. Is that English you are using? No, no, no. Not at your expense. This is the way to describe it. I, 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 I make fun of everything. Okay, let me put it this way. There are some things that happen in, in the house that usually can create tension. I just make fun out of it to douse the tension. Because my wife is more very serious, more, you know. So when something happens in the house, for example, and she's a little bit tensed, I try to make light of it. So that is not trying to do it at our expense, but that is trying to bring fun into it. I'm somebody like a joy dispenser. You know, I, I don't love it when everything is just quiet, moody, and everybody's looking like Lucuzid. Everybody's sitting like sitting room, everything as cool as cucumber. I love noise. I love activity. I love laughter. I love, I just love it because I know that's the atmosphere that God himself loves. The Bible says God is going to with a shout. So actually, it's not at your expense. I will never do that for my queen. Never. Never. But, you know, so I, I'm sure the reason she feels it's at her expense is because most women, and this is where all you women learn this, 
you are feeling bad about something and you want your husband to feel bad along that's not cool because your, your husband is not helping you at that time see you see the way i'm feeling and you are laughing so you, you you are feeling down about something you're feeling tense and the way you will feel love is for your husband to hmm come <laughs> no no but i would like to do the opposite and wives or husband it could be the other way around make sure that when you see your spouse making efforts to douse the tension you cooperate that's not the time to now get angry that something seriously happened like this and all you do is smile no but that smile is the joy of the lord and that's what will take you out of it praise god all melancholies in the house shout amen, amen. <laughs> i see one husband shouting amen for our, for his wife <laughs> praise the lord Hallelujah. all right are we done with the questions yeah, yeah there's another question okay sir can you remember word for word how you would mommy back then how i would like how you toasted her on the day i proposed yes how you asked out Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. Question again. Sir, can you remember word for word how you would mommy back then? Ah, it was, you can't follow my style. It was, oh God, where do I start from? It's a long story. You want me to go through the story? The letters, oh, it was. Is it what I said on that day or the process? Yes, yes. What I said on that day, ah, there's nothing fantastic about it. Oh, well, it was on a, on a, on a very, it was very early in the morning. Okay, so the background is that over the months, for about nine months, I've had dreams, visions. I was given to a lot of dreams and revelations. So I have dreams and visions about being she, uh, uh, being she the person that I was going to get married to. So, but I didn't take any step. I didn't let her know. So she didn't know anything all through, all through that period. So this particular night, I had another dream. And in that dream, I saw myself proposing to her. So I, I said, wow, time is up, all right? So we usually have fellowship in the morning around 5.30 to 6 a.m. So obviously, I've not taken my bath very early in the morning. I was in bedroom slippers, short sleeve shirt, black trousers, I can remember. No, it wasn't even a black trouser. It was a brown cordial trouser. And we were through with the fellowship. And I used to be a very shy person. So shy to a point that I've never asked a woman out in my life. She'll be the first one. Never. Not that I didn't see somebody I like or somebody I would have loved to date. I just did not have the boldness to do it. You know. So, but this one, that is my wife, the boldness came. In fact, it was now over boldness because I was in bedroom slippers. So I just walked up to her after the fellowship and said, I would like to see you. So uh, at that moment, ah, she said, yeah, 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 because she was excited to see me because around that time, you know, uh, it, was, it was more like I just got into a, 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 a very good relationship with God and uh, there was this healing anointing that came upon my life at that time on campus people were coming to my room where they were sick pray for them so sometimes when she has a dream or her friends they will come to me to interpret so it was that kind of arrangement so I said I wanted to see her I said okay why not so I call her aside I can't remember what I said. Where, did I say it before? I said, I, uh, okay, I said something like, um, God has spoken to me. Mistake number one. Don't go and ask a lady out by saying, God spoke to you. Is it God I want to marry her? You say you love the person. 
Alright, so I said this the what I can remember I said is that I would like you to marry me or something like that. That I would like you to marry I would like you to marry me. So when she had that, her face just changed. Inside me I said, Well, like did her countenance changed immediately like somebody who feels insulted. She has one ring, one fake engagement ring that she has on her finger. So she just says something like, ah, now can't you see my finger? I'm engaged. I just said, ah, okay. So I said, so, okay, so who is the lucky guy? And she said something like, eh, she will tell me later. So I shall use, at that time I was already flushing with embarrassment that he just misjived. So I just left. I said, okay, no problem. I would like to meet the guy sometimes later. So that was how it went. I should still continue. Okay, so when I did that, I left. And I went back to my room. They were actually being slain in the spirit because most of them are not coming up again. They were just there. Now, that now includes the sister that wanted to know whether I was spiritual or not. She passed out. For about 25 minutes, she was there on the floor. So, by the, by the time everybody got up, it was very late, around 11 p.m. And I had to wait for everybody to get up, to go back to their room. And by that time, I was terribly hungry. I don't know why hunger goes with move of the spirit. I was hungry. And I also knew that the last food I could have eaten before I came for fellowship. So I was going back to my room, and I was just feeling that healing anointing on my hand. All my eye, hands were red, and, you know. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray with this anointing. This anointing can't do anything. So I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let food be provided for me supernaturally tonight in Jesus' name. So I went back to my room. I was there 10, 15 minutes. I had a knock on my door. I opened the door. Who did I see? She was the one with a plate of hot rice. I, I was sent by God. <laughs> so I took the rice and I knew it was an answered prayer. And of course it was late. So I didn't allow her to enter the room. I just took the plate from her from the door. And I said, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I said, I will return the plate tomorrow. So when it was next day, 10 o'clock, 11, 12, 1, I refused to return the plate. <laughs> ah, the Holy Spirit has moved. I'm not a man of God. A man of God can be, should not be carrying plates all over campus like that. I refused to return the plates. So she was forced to come back for a plate. So yeah, when she came for the plate... Meanwhile, I was expecting you. To come, Abby. So I didn't go. <laughs> so when she came for the plate, so I said, ah, thank you. That food was good. It came at the right time. So I gave her a plate. And then she sat down. Ah, take plates and go now. Sister refused to go. I don't start. No, I don't start. Sister refused to go again. So, so she asked me. He said, she said, he said, uh, brother Tunde. I said, yeah. He said, I know you're serious. I said, yeah. Then she said, have you really? Have you been anointed like that? I said, oh no. Yesterday was just one of those things. (laughs) You know. when God has given you the platform, don't go and spoil it. I say, yeah, yesterday was just one of those things. I mean, that's God's power you see there. I mean, that's a move of the Holy Ghost. All glory to God. So, she now said, um, You were saying something. Uh, she said, So, brother, you were saying something the other time. I said, what? <laughs> the the was <laughs> I said, what? So, I, I was teasing her, you know, acting like, did I see anything? And I saw her face changing, so I knew, don't let me embarrass her. So, I now propose again. All right. And of course, at that time, it was yes, 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 yes. So, that is the summary of what happened. Have I answered your question? <laughs> All right. 
So that yes is a yes in today, Abby. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Okay, I think that's all. Is that all? I think, Thank I you. Um, have you had times you had to deal with attraction from or from or for someone else rather than each other, especially in the thoughts? Who are you asking? Me or Pastor Sophia? <laughs> all right. Um, when you get married, I usually say all other people don't no, become don't ugly. Become ugly. No. They are still, if you are not careful, yourself on your wedding day, you will see another girl. You say, Ah, you will mistake with she. That's how men are. So it's an understatement to say, Have I seen somebody attractive? Yeah, I've seen them all the time. But my commitment yeah. is to my wife. Your commitment has blinded and you to others. Huh? I'm, I'm blessed because I have a beautiful wife. Probably the challenges will have been more if I perceive in my heart that my wife is not beautiful. But I'm not just perceiving in my heart. You two, you know now. O P P O P P P. So she's she's beautiful, and that has reduced all kind of unnecessary pressures for me. I mean. Uh, if you are beautiful, if you are more what beautiful are than my wife, is to is to you. It's not to me. Honestly speaking, that's the way I see. So it, it has helped me to focus. I can say, with all sense of responsibility and with all humility, that I've never cheated on my wife. Emotional cheating, this or that, it has never happened. Never, and it's never going to happen. I'm too focused. Number two is that I'm an Ijebu man. Ijebu man, wake on if, if you If you talk to an Ijebu man that I want to take you out, let's go and eat. There's a restaurant, it's 15,000 per plate. Ah, the Ijebu man will say, ah, that's almost a, a bag, half bag of rice. No, let's do it like, ah, you know, you, you are very, you are calculative. So, Every challenge that comes my way, I, I wait. My ministry, one girl, it will look would you ministry will look would you? Twenty-two years of ministry to be dissolved over an attraction to one girl. That girl is not born yet. The the ones that are more beautiful than my wife, they are not born yet. By the time they are born, I'm already an old man. Are you following me here? So basically, we there has not been pressures like that. But do I see people I like? Yes, I do. That happens to every human being. So you are now permitted in marriage to admire, never to desire. Otherwise, if you acquire, you will aspire. So... You, you can admire people. Oh, wow, you look so great. I, I, I say that to some of my daughters, some of the guys. You look so great. This day, ah, you're looking beautiful this morning. But if I sense that my daughter is doing emotional, I will never compliment you. Not even once. Not even once. I will help your spirituality by not saying a word. I will not say things like, you look so, you are terrific. I will never. I'll just, I'll just say you are blessed. God bless you. <laughs> that is to help. Because already it is said that 75% of ladies in church are in love with their pastors. So every pastor has to be careful. You don't, you don't use emotional words for members. That's why all of, the, all of you, uh, the children in the house here, you will see, especially for the ladies, I never use love emojis for you. I will now send emoji that love is covering the eyes to you. It won't happen. Nah. Nah. I would rather send fire. Fire meta. In Holy Ghost. Go and pray. Because everything can mean anything to people who are emotionally 
connected to you. Any, anything can mean anything. Oh, Pastor Ogby. So you, want, you, you really want to be careful. So um, while I would say I'm, I'm taking care of my own end, we are taking care of our own end, we are also saying it is also by the mercies of God. So the mercy, mercy of God has kept us. Ah, um, uh, yes, I would say I would say that much that we've not had any terrible issue of um, cheating on ourselves. Or God has kept us. God has been merciful, and we have an understanding between ourselves. And one of the things, one of the understandings we also have is to be very brutally open with each other. So sometimes when I see somebody I like, I tell my wife. I just tell her, say, ah, that girl. I tell her. And in telling her, that problem is over. Alright? It is something you hide. Okay? That becomes powerful and it grows. In marriage, if you can hide from your spouse, you can go into adultery. If you can hide. It's because hiding and lying is the foundation for adultery. So you want to make sure you are open, you're truthful, you say everything, you say it as it is. What's, what's the big deal? You tell your husband, ah, you're going to share you see me. She was share you pada. Be as friendly as that. Laugh over it. I thought by the time your spouse opens up to you, you should know that it's no longer an issue. But you see, it becomes a problem when your spouse now discovers some charts, some deleted charts, Oh, it breaks trust. So you don't want it to get to that level. All right. So all of you asking questions, I hope you are satisfied. Are we done? We need to close. We are done. Praise God. This message is brought to you by Junamis and Sophia. And part of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shouts of the Center. Jesus and Hope's Club. An online ministry to singles and married couples. On Instagram, at Pastor Dynamics, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shout to Grace Center, at KC underscore Global, on Facebook at KC Global, on YouTube at Dynamics Today, Noah, on MixLR at KC Global. Visit our website www.kcsandhooks.com via our mail at kcpartners at gmail.com to partner with us kissesandhugs.com slash partnership God bless you